Welcome back to the Sumix podcast. I'm Tony Hand, and today we will delve into the topic of sustainability reporting. We will introduce and compare different standards for the public reporting of environmental, social and governance performance, or ESG for short. We will have the chance to hear insights from Amy Boulanger and Kimu Collander, uh, two experts at the international level. Amy is the Executive Director of the Initiative for Responsible Mining Assurance, or IRMA. IRMA offers voluntary independent assessment against its international standards for responsible mining. Amy has worked on mining-related topics for more than two decades and has substantial experience in supporting communities directly affected by the extractive sector. Kimo is the Secretary-General of the Finnish Network for Sustainable Mining. This network has also developed a standard with a focus on Finland. Kimo has a background in public affairs and has worked for 10 years in the administration of the European Parliament. First of all, we will hear from Kimo how the Finnish standard can be used to compare the performances of different companies and how to create benchmarks to further improve reporting standards. The comparability issue is uh, geographically limited. And that's why in the TSM family, we have these local ways of um, working within the framework. So for, take, uh, for example, water-related issues. In Finland, we have an abundance of water. In Chile, not so much. So you cannot really compare the two situations. Add on that the fact that in uh, northern Finland, uh, lakes and rivers are frozen for uh, about six months in a year, not happening in Chile. So you, you need to have, uh, have local understanding for different criteria. And that local understanding needs to be checked through this uh, wide uh, consensual preparation process of all stakeholders. So you cannot just uh, do whatever you want, but you need to have uh, proper checks and balances by stakeholders. Uh, Then the competition is uh, uh, between companies that is uh, there should be that also here, but uh, in this field, but uh, at least in Finland, it still isn't visible. And uh, we would encourage uh, media, for example, to start actually using our results more aggressively and uh, pushing also from that side companies to do better and asking tricky questions. The geographic factors seem very relevant to determine the comparability. Complementary to this, let's also hear from Amy how the IRMA standard, which has a global ambition, can aim at comparability and setting benchmarks to further progress in the area of reporting. I think the consistency of a global standard is incredibly important because um, Right now, you've got a world in which, of course, we have very different legal structures place to place. And you can say, okay, well, that reflects culture um, and environmental differences. But we also know in many cases it reflects um, 
political and economic challenges. And so then you have this sense that if a community concerned with mining in Nevada and the United States raises those concerns um, and asks for better performance, are they just pushing off the impacts of that extraction to another country with weaker regulatory structure? Um, and so that's the reason to say we have higher expectations no matter where you operate in the globe and a consistency on it. Now, completely agreed, if you ask for a stakeholder engagement plan um, that's culturally appropriate, it's going to look different for an Indonesian community than it may for a Canadian or a Finnish community. You know, it's language accessibility, who you talk to, how you reach people. And similarly, if you're asking to protect water resources and in one place you've got natural high background levels of arsenic, um, you're not having to fix for that issue, which was part of the natural context. Or uh, just as Kimo raised, if you have a place with a lot of water, you're having to design for that in a different way than in, in a high drought condition. But in either case, um, there should be an expectation that you're protecting the background quality of water that you're designing so that you don't have either people or food systems or long-term care and maintenance of the site at risk. You're not contaminating ground downstream. Often this whole idea that every place is different allows um, us to perpetuate the sense of weaker standards in some cases or a permission um, to, uh, to do harm place to place. So I think um, balancing this where the places where you need that truly need the flexibility um, uh, with an, uh, a higher standard held in all cases and, and also completely agree with uh, Kimo's point on the idea to push companies to move up and to compare them against one another. That's a reason also for consistency in global standards, because of course you go to these places and you have operators who all stay we're all doing it. We all meet it. We're all five-star and AAA, and we know that's not the case. And we, in order to have a market that values improved practices, we need to have those consistent measures to go against um, that and verify that actual performance. In previous episodes of our podcast, we discussed the topic of trust, which is a major issue for the extractive sector. We asked Amy to provide us with her insights and how reporting standards such as IRMA can help increase society's trust in the extractive sector. I think um, that the most important values that IRMA brings is that it is equally governed um, by affected communities and labor unions and NGOs working alongside private sector um, companies from whether that be finance, mining companies, or their customers. Um, I think that uh, expectations on the global industry are increasing. Um, the, uh, many people don't understand mining globally, um, and it has been um, far from many end consumers who don't understand what the work it takes to get the materials that go into our phones, our buildings, our cars. But increasingly, as new mining is being proposed associated with energy transition, and because we're taking a closer look, saying if this is supposed to be materials that help solve uh, climate crisis and are responsive to that, we should be looking at the impacts that those extraction has at the top of the supply chain of climate response. Um, we are seeing we can't have a conflict where we are causing greater harm at the top of the supply chain of these materials. So as those expectations for improved practices increase and then the pressure on communities where these materials um, exist increase, you've also got pushback and resistance. We have a deep trust deficit 
between communities where mining has happened and NGOs um, and labor unions who've worked as their advocates in the industry. Uh, so we need to start first on a ground that uh, acknowledges that harm has happened, that uh, impacts to social and environmental values continue to happen. And, and if you're going to have a global standard, you have one which really creates a foundation to build that trust. So it needs the transparency um, at the start, uh, transparently noticing audits are happening, transparently engaging um, affected communities, including the critics in that process, detailed audit reports coming out, which are also public um, uh, so that we can begin to heal uh, that conversation and to acknowledge that much of what's happening out there is not five-star on AAA. Um, and that in extraction is going to come with impacts, um, but a more honest accounting of what those impacts are in a market that values um, improvement. It's extremely valuable to hear from Amy with her longstanding expertise in the area of stakeholder dialogue. We also asked her to develop a little further how she thinks the IRMA standards allows to accommodate the differences between the different stakeholder groups which are all involved. I would say, first of all, that um, the more we begin to see these diverse audiences as having um, uh, a common and shared need, um, the more that we'll be moving to this space where the market can really value improved practices. So um, as we live in a global world, um, you know, imp impacts to uh, environmental and social well-being are being felt by all of us. Um, and in addition, it's not just in that being a climate stress world, but in a, as we were just speaking in another conversation the other day, if you don't have community consent, you don't have security of supply. So you, you, we're in continuing to have communities resist being around what they have grown to know of industrial scale extraction um, and a, a short period of jobs and potential prosperity, a longer stretch, sometimes decades or centuries of contamination or cleanup or reclamation unfinished. Um, and so that sense that um, they're pushing back uh, whether that be through litigation that can delay projects or or stop projects, or um, you know even more dramatically things like blockading roads and things, and so an investor is going to feel the impacts of that, even though they feel it uh, in a different way and in a different uh, context than a community who is experiencing that kind of conflict directly. But either way, the globe is going to have and suffer that impact. Of, um, of these values that have been separated. And that's where I think bringing these together, of course, how we communicate, you know, the idea of reports, which are um, meaningful, whether you're a local community who wants to know if I turn my tap water on or if I eat the fish, am I safe? Um, and you want to hand something to an investor, which makes sense in the metrics they're looking at, but still that investor should know, does the community feel safe? And are they safe when they turn their tap on or eat the fish? We need to bring the metrics closer together so that they're meaningful to both. To wrap up, I asked both Amy and Kimmel what they think needs to improve to really make a difference and create change in the extractive sector. Let's start with Kimmel's take on this. We need to step up our communication so that people know that this kind of uh, systems exist and uh, that they are, they are there to be used you know, for improving the sector's performance. 
that's number one. And then number two is that, that we need to stay constantly aware of the fact that the world doesn't stand still. Our toolkits need to be dynamic so that uh, we amend and re or review and amend them when needed. We cannot do it too often because we don't want to jump here and there, which is annoying for uh, both ends. So the in a way, consumer of our our tools and also for the for the mines, and uh, also we need to keep an open mind of uh, creating new protocols where where they are needed. So we are not in a vacuum. We need to change as the uh, demands of the world change. And let's know here from Amy to close today's episode. I think that the two main um, places where I would have attention, I think we need to um, to be uh, to be courageous and bold to set best practice expectations. I don't think uh, this moment is one to say we have good enough mining in a world where we have industrial extraction already leaving um, uh, centuries of impact. I think we need to speak to best practices. So many of these materials will go into energy transition. So I think we need to measure ourselves against that and drive that in the market. And I think that best practices need details so that we can sort and we it, we don't have the just everyone checks the box when we know there's big variations in performance and we create a full market incentive for that so that the cost of the investment of that is carried throughout the market it's not just at the mine level but also who value that down stream their customers and purchasers who are investing in that as well the other main area i think we need this attention is on um, the equal governance of stakeholders uh, who are most affected by this, whether that's indigenous rights holders, or it's the communities who live closest, um, or the people working there, that we need them to feel that they own the system, that they direct it, the standards are set by them. Um, audits are transparently noticed before they happen. People are encouraged and know how to participate in them. The reports that come from them are detailed and also public. Um, and not just day they passed, they failed, but um, this detail on performance, and then we're showing improvement from that. So it's a base from which the community can use it to negotiate whether permits are given, set on the importance of those where uh, projects aren't even developed yet, um, but also uh, for existing projects, how they're held to account for to improve practices. It was fascinating to hear both Amy and Kimo today. And we learned a lot about the relevance of reporting standards to set benchmarks for companies to improve their performance on environmental, social and governance factors, their ESGs. We are closing today this first series of our podcast and I hope you enjoyed listening. To wrap up, I invite you to check out the knowledge repository developed by the SUMEX project where you can find lots of inspiring examples of sustainable practices in the extractive sector. Stay tuned and follow us at sumexproject.eu for all further news. Music